Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Good morning. Who, who can sense there's a wonderful atmosphere in the house this morning? Come on. It's wonderful. It must be something about Christmas. Pastor Craig's on a roll. He doesn't know whether it's Christmas or New Year's yet. We're going to take up a special offering for Pastor Craig for some new jeans because his old ones are wearing out. <laughs> I still can't get my head around ripped jeans. I don't know about you, I must be so old. It just still doesn't make sense to me. We used to throw them out. Now they pay extra to buy them ripped and worn out. I just can't get my head around it. Anyway, my kids will probably give me a pair of ripped ones for Christmas. Just say, come on, Dad, you can rock it. You can rock it. While we're standing, some of us are still standing. (laughs) Let's pray. Father, we thank You that You love us so much. Lord, we thank You that, God, we can stop. And the whole world basically stops at Christmas time just to celebrate the fact that You love us so much that, God, You had the answer for a broken humanity. You had the answer for our need. God, some of us didn't even know our need, but You had the answer already planned. Jesus, You came and You showed us what God was like. You paid the price. God, You made it possible that we can be restored. Father, we can be healed. We can be set free. God, we live the life that You've always intended us to live. So Holy Spirit, we thank You for Your presence here right now. We thank You that You know every person intimately. And I pray right now, that God, You would invade every heart, capture every heart, capture every mind. God, that we would have a greater revelation of Your love, a greater revelation of Jesus. By the time we're done in this place today, I pray. Everybody said, wonderful. You may be seated this morning. Hey, tonight, at what time? Six Six o'clock, we have the encounter night. And uh, if you've never been to an encounter night, we just set aside special time uh, where we can just put every other agenda aside and just say, I just want to be in the presence of God. And uh, I'm excited about it uh, this week because I get the privilege uh, of being able to not, not preach, but be able to share and uh, be able to introduce that time where if you're hungry, if you have a need, or you just want to say, I just want to soak a little bit longer, then be here tonight. 6 p.m. Now you might say, I only come to church once. That's okay. Break the mold. Break the mold. Do something completely off the charts. Come again tonight. Because here's what I found uh, it doesn't matter where we're at. If we come hungry, God just leans in, always leans in. I've got a word on my heart for tonight. It's not what I'm sharing this morning. And uh, so I just want to encourage you. I believe that tonight God is going to visit uh, people, circumstances, situations, and it's going to be a wonderful time. So if you can be here, it'll just be awesome to be together as a family tonight. 6 p.m. Everyone say 6 p.m. Cancel whatever you planned. 6 p.m. Well, I don't know about you. Do you love Christmas time? I tell you, I love Christmas time. And Sally, she loves Christmas. You, you, she, it's at least a three-week lead-in in our house um, for getting the house set up for Christmas. And we've got lights just happening in just about every single room. Little decorations here, decorations there, big Christmas tree. There's so much stuff on the Christmas tree. It started straight, now it's starting to lean. 
It's starting to lean. I'm just praying that it lasts until Christmas Eve when all the family come. But there's so many great things about Christmas. And I just love the fact that basically the world does stop. And we all sing the carols. You go through the supermarket and the carols are playing. You've got Christmas trees everywhere. And uh, you know, it's just that time where there's so many great things. Nativity scenes happening. You know you're going to look forward to getting together with family or friends or celebrating somehow. If you've got family, it's the morning when the kids grace out and they open the presents and all that sort of thing. And there's so many great, and I love it. 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 If you're a preacher, normally you get to preach about it's Christmas. We celebrate what's the truth about what's happening at Christmas. But I've got to tell you, Christmas also for me is that it's bittersweet. As much as I celebrate all of the, the profile that the gospel gets and all of the times that the world stops, it's bittersweet because there's still so many people that sing the carols, that say the name, that, that reflect and they, they may even sit in a, in a presentation where they see the nativity scene, it's all being worked out, but, but they, it's like they leave Jesus in the manger. And that all that Christmas means is all that romantic sort of mushy stuff, but, but they don't know Him. <laughs> and, and it's like they leave Jesus in the manger. So if you need a title for this morning, the title would be very, very simple. It's more than the manger. <laughs> when we come to Christmas time, it is more than the manger. The truth is, when we celebrate Christmas, we celebrate that Jesus came. Yes, God Emmanuel. And He came to show us what God was really like. Because there was so much false information about who this Jesus is and what Jesus is like and what God is really like. But when we look at Jesus, we see what God is really like. Because Jesus came not to judge, not to condemn, not to tell us to improve ourselves. He came to show us that God is a God of love, of grace and mercy and power. And when we look at Jesus... We see God in truth. But He didn't just come to show us. He actually came to restore us. He came to restore a broken humanity, a dying humanity, a separated humanity. He came to restore humanity, you and I, back into relationship with that loving God, with that powerful God. I love one of the... One of the verses that's often quoted or preached on or shared around Christmas time is that verse when the angel comes to Joseph and Joseph is struggling. His whole world has just gone mad because he's just been told that Mary is pregnant and he knows it's not his. And she's telling him it's not anybody's, it's God. So his world is rocked. He's confused. He's overwhelmed. Think about it. <laughs> But the angel comes. Aren't you glad the angel comes when we're overwhelmed? Aren't you glad that God will speak to us? God will invade our circumstance when it's all too much for us? So the angel comes to Joseph. And he goes, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. It's more than the manger. <laughs> he came to save us from our sins, the greatest rescue mission of all time. The greatest rescue mission, what we could never do. He said, stand back, 
I'll make a way. I'll make a way. But of course, it was more than just rescuing us from our sin, more than just saving us and healing us. It was also to lead us into the kind of life God always intended for you and I to live. Not just survival, but to position us and the world that we can actually thrive in the life that God wants us to have. That's where Jesus said, and many of us know the verse, the thief has come to rob, to kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that what? That we, you and I might have abundant life, a full life. It's more than the manger. It's more than some romantic little tale. And it's more than than just being saved from our sin. It's being able to step into all that God has. And that's what I want to just share this morning because I just felt last night, God wants to encourage our expectation. As Pastor Craig shared just before, that hey, the year may be done, but God is still on the throne and God is still the God of all miracles, of all power, and He wants to do great things in our lives. So what does it look like? What does a full life look like? What does the abundant life look like? Glad you asked. Because Scripture actually tells us it's in Psalm 128. This is a picture for you and I to lean into of what God wants to do. Psalm 128 says this. Blessed, everyone say blessed, are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. You will eat the fruit of your labour. Blessing and prosperity will be yours Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man or the woman blessed who fears the Lord. Isn't that a powerful psalm? Blessed are all who fear the Lord. Blessed, favoured. Now, there's a few quick principles about the blessing of the Lord we need to understand before we unpack the rest of this Scripture. The first is this, that the blessing of God is not always immediately obvious, but it is always present. It's like the sun. We didn't see the sun for weeks here in Melbourne. (laughs) You know that thing that was up there in the sky that startled you when you got up this morning? (laughs) The sun rises every day, but we don't necessarily see it every day, but it's there. It's the same with the blessing of God. And the blessing of God doesn't mean that there won't be hard times in our lives or in the lives of believers. Because the reality is hard times refine us. Hard times strengthen us. Hard times reveal the faithfulness and the power of God that we'll never experience when everything's just fine and rosy. And the blessing of God doesn't mean that it will all just happen automatically. It's not just a quick prayer, God bless me. No, what we have to realise is that there's a cooperation involved. What I've noticed in my life is the more that I walk with the Lord, the more I cooperate with God, the more His favour is able to be established in my life. But what does it look like? Number one, a full life, an abundant life looks like a joyful life. The New Living Translation uh, translates that first verse. Rather than blessed are all, it says, How joyful are those who fear the Lord and who walk in His ways. Here's the wonderful truth for every single one of us this morning. Everyone watching online, God wants to fill your heart with joy. We're supposed to live joyful lives. 
Now, the dictionary will describe joy as this, a vivid emotion of pleasure and gladness. And we all will experience that. But can I tell you, the joy that we're talking about when we talk about spiritual joy, scriptural joy, is far greater than just a vivid emotion. We're talking about a dynamic that is stronger than any circumstance, that is deeper than any emotion, that is a constant source of strength within our life. It's stronger, deeper, and it's more lasting than any emotional response to circumstance. It's a deposit of God's very nature within our own hearts. And it comes with our salvation. Not through our circumstance, but the joy of God comes through our salvation. It actually should be standard operating procedure <laughs> for every believer. I know some Christians that they think holiness is represented by some kind of, you know, oh, I'm holy. And it's all quiet and it's reverence and it's this and it's that. But actually, there should be a mark of joy on every believer's life that is evident not only to themselves, but is evident to the people around about. Listen to this. This is a start. Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Everyone say joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. And it's right there. This is what the kingdom of God is like. Psalm 16, verse 11. You, speaking of God, have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Galatians 5, 22, 23, talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Many of us know this verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, Etc. Etc. It's number two on the list. And what I love about that scripture is it's the fruit of the Spirit. Now, look at any fruit tree. The fruit tree doesn't strain to create fruit. An apple tree doesn't sit there in the paddock going, gotta make an apple. It's just not like that. If it's a healthy tree, what happens? Apples! Well, can I tell you, it's the same with that. Joy from the Lord is not something we make up. It's not something we try and hype up. It's not something, it just happens. It's fruit because it's not something external. It's something internal. And the scripture here is saying, when we walk in the ways of the Lord, we will be blessed. We will experience joy. And joy is incredibly powerful. It's incredibly powerful. Joy is good for your health. Good for your health. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. You know, even medical science will back this up. Do you know they, 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 they provide professional clowns in most international children's hospitals? Because the scientific facts have established if you can create a bit of joy, if you can create a bit of laughter, healing is accelerated. <laughs> joy is good for you. Many, many years ago, I was doing some work in China and uh, we were going out into some of the mountain areas to visit the underground churches and things. And I remember as we left the hotel in a big city, as we drove out early morning, early morning, we drove through all these parks and there were, there were many rings, circles of people standing out in the park. First thing in the morning, 
standing around in a circle, sometimes a dozen, sometimes 20, sometimes more people. And then there'd be one person in the middle of the, the, the circle. And you know what they were doing? Laughing. Just laughing. They were laughing circles. And they'd learned that laughing is so good, we're going to go and do it and practice it. And so there'd be a person in the middle of the circle, and they do this in Melbourne. It became quite trendy for a while, where someone in the middle just goes, ha, 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 whatever. But they would just, and they'd walk around, and everyone would just go, ha, 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 and they would just do it for 20 minutes or more. And you think, that's crazy, but they've been, it's established, it's good for you. Now, here's the thing. If it's good for you to laugh, imagine if that laughter is coming out of of joy, not just an emotion, but joy. Joy is good for you. It's good for your health. And joy is good for your relationships. Can I tell you this morning, I am so glad I'm not married to a miserable woman. And I'm so glad I know my wife is glad she's not married to a miserable man. Think about it. You don't want to connect with people who are miserable. Now, we have compassion. Of course we do. But I'm telling you, joy is good for relationships. You know, Christmas time, you always, lots, most of us have times with you know, big, big celebrations, family coming together. There's always that one person in the room that you don't want to go and have conversations with <laughs> because you know it's going to be hard work. But then there's others in that room that you just want to go and talk to them. Why? Because they carry joy. I'm telling you, when joy is a part of our relationships, it's like oil in a machine. It just makes everything run smoothly and go faster and go cleaner than it ever would without that. Nobody wants miserable partners. Nobody wants miserable bosses. Aren't you glad you don't have a miserable pastor? (laughs) Pastors? (laughs) Team? I mean, it's just part, it just makes sense. Joy is good and joy is good for the church. Joy has got to be part. You find a healthy church, you'll find a place that is full of joy. First time Pastor Sal and I came in, walked into your building down here, right down at the stairs there, there's someone with a bit of joy. And it's just leaking out. It's not fake. It's just leaking out. You come into the foyer, you go for a coffee, whatever. What's it, what is it? What's that atmosphere out there? It's joy. It's joy. It's joy from the Holy Spirit. Psalm 100, 1 to 4. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It's He who made us. We are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. Can I tell you, church is so much better when there's fullness of joy. It's, it's like it's, it attracts. It attracts. A number of years ago when we were leading uh, uh, Bridge Church, I mean, we'd had such a, a brilliant morning service one morning and then at the end of the service uh, there was a man waiting for me. He waited a long time out in the foyer. And one of the team came and got me and said, there's a guy I'd like to talk to you, wants to talk to you about the service. And it's his first time here. And I thought, oh, cool, cool. So I went out and met him. Hi, how are you doing? He said, Pastor, I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciated uh, your message. And uh, I, I, I thought you did a really, really good job with that, you know, the, the stuff that you said. And um, I thought your people do a, a great job. And, um, you know, there's a lot of good things about your church here. I said, oh, yes, good. I'm waiting for it, waiting for it. And then, he's, and then he said this, but I've got one problem with your church. I said, what's that? He said, 
what's all this happy clappy? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He said, well, it's all just too positive. It's too, you know, it's too joyful. I felt like, I didn't say it, but I felt like saying, well, I'm sorry. You know, come back next week and we'll try and be a bit miserable for you. <laughs> I didn't say that. But what I did say was, I'm sorry, we can't help it. In fact, we believe it's biblical. That if we're coming to worship the Lord, we should come with joy. We should come with gladness. We should come with a heart that says, I want to praise God. Joy is a great thing. And it is, it's attractive. It's good for your witness. Can I tell you, I believe leaking joy is one of the greatest evangelical um, tools that you and I can have. You can know all of the Scriptures, walk around miserable, and you'll probably never win one soul to Christ. But you could be born again just for one week and have joy bubbling out of you. And the promise of Scripture is actually that people will ask you to give an account for the hope that you have. Where does that hope come from? It comes from Christ. How does that hope look like? It looks like joy. When all the rest of the world is anxious and troubled and worried and weighed down, you and I and anyone who says yes to Jesus, we get to walk with a bit of joy. We get to have a bit of a skip in our step. We get to have a sparkle in our eyes that has nothing to do with circumstance but everything to do with the fact we're born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and with Him comes joy. Joy. You're still searching today? You're still wondering if God is real? You're still wondering, did it all just stop in the manger? Can I tell you? No, 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 no. It's more than the manger. You can say yes to Jesus today, and the moment you say yes and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, joy. Joy, deep joy. And tell you, if you're walking with him, if you've already said yes, if you're a believer, and you look at your circumstances, you say, "Man, I, I, I'm not. I don't carry that." Can I tell you? It's time to get back to basics. It's time to get back to the basic foundation of just trust him, walk with him. And whatever's oppressing, whatever's trying to pull you down, I'm telling you, it does not have a greater power than the power of God's Holy Spirit within you. If you're troubled, if you're anxious, get back to basics. Fall in love with Him again. What does a full life, an abundant life look like? It looks like a prosperous life. Verse 2, you will eat the fruit of your labour. Blessing and prosperity will be yours. You know, one of my favorite verses, Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing. Your vats will brim over with new wine. You know, we, we don't serve a God of just enough. We serve a God of the overflowing. We serve a God of the abundance. Abundant harvest. But here's the thing. We've got to again understand, again, as I said before, it's not automatic. We can't just say, God, I love you. I'm saved. God, I want to see your... Pro no, no, no. It, there, there, there is a process. There's a partnership involved. If we're to walk in prosperity, there will be work involved. Hello. <laughs> it's actually a Christian principle. Work. And isn't it interesting? But you know the saying, the harder I work, the luckier I get. I think it's true also that the harder we work, the more blessed that we can become. Not because of our effort, but because of the principle that we are partnering with God. 
You can't have a harvest unless you plant. You can't have a harvest unless you sow. But God is the one who ultimately smiles on the harvest. God is the one who sends the rain. And so God said, when you work, when you're disciplined and when you're principled, I will bless you in that work. But there's also faithful obedience involved. Scripture there says what? Honour the Lord. Which in simple terms, I believe, to sum it all down very quickly, means that we tithe, that we give back to the Lord what He's asked for, that first one-tenth, that we live a life of generosity. What an opportunity. Can I encourage you next week? As a church, as Pastor Craig and Nadia made a decision, we're going to bless some family. What an opportunity to step into generosity, to say, hey, I've already got my Christmas presents sorted out for family and friends, but hey, why not add one extra on there? Why not jump on the website? Why not say, here, look, I want to bless. I want to be part of that blessing as well. Generosity is part of partnering with God's prosperity over our lives. And so is serving. You know, when we talk about generosity, it's not just about the finance It's about our whole lives. It's about just being available and going that extra step to bless others and to serve the Lord. And here's the other thing about prosperity. It's also connected with seasons. We've all, I don't know if you ever did it, but I've I've met people that have come last for counsel, said, I started tithing last month or I started tithing, you know, three months ago and I haven't seen an increase yet. And I just say, well, your motive might need looking at. (laughs) But you might need to be patient as well. God is not an, inter, he's not an instant Santa Claus. It's not just, you know, bless me and bless me now. You know that song, Janis Joplin, Oh Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? I've worked on, Pastor Craig knows that I've forgotten it. <laughs> well, that's not the God that we serve. God says, I will bless you and you will be prosperous. It is a promise. It's not just some tele-evangelist has got onto it. It's biblical. Don't be offended by prosperity. Here's the thing. If we only have enough to meet our own needs, that's all we'll ever do. Meet our own needs. But if we prosper, we are able to bless others. If we prosper, we're able to give God the glory. What does an abundant life look like? It doesn't look like scratching and surviving. It looks like others will say, wow, this is amazing. And you will be able to say, yes, God is amazing. What does it look like, this abundant life? It's more than a manger. It's more than just say, Jesus came as a cute little baby. It came because he wants to give us a life where our relationships thrive. The rest of the psalm, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Now, you might say this morning, and I understand you may be single. You may have lost family. You may have lost relationship. But God's purpose for you and I is that whatever relationships we have, they are rich and that they are fruitful. They're not dysfunctional. They're not places of pain and heartache and stress, but that our relationships actually thrive. I love the picture of that psalm. Wives spout like fruitful vine. Children like olive shoots. A vine talks of, 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 of wine. It talks of joy. It talks of shelter. It talks of strength. But here's the thing. A vine needs to be cared for. 
So again, it's not an automatic thing. God, I love you. I'm blessed by you. So fix my marriage, fix my relationship, change them, do this, do that. No, no, no. When we walk in partnership, we care for the vine. We care for those children. We care for the olive tree. And as we care for it, God's grace comes upon it. There's a grace at work when we trust God. We need to work on it. We need to be sensitive. We need to love. We need to care. We need to be patient. We, we need to do all of those things that help build great relationships. But I'm telling you, when we are walking with the Lord, there is an extra grace upon our relationships. I don't know how Sal and I have been married 40 years. She deserves like a hand clap for that. Come on. I'm telling you. And I know the richness of our relationship is not just because of how we've negotiated the, all of the challenges and all of the seasons. In fact, there have been times when I know I've failed in those seasons. I've failed under pressure. But thank God that when we're walking with Him, you don't necessarily have to go and see a counsellor because the counsellor lives within. And I want to tell you, there'll be times just like Joseph when I've gone, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I'm confused. But when we seek, take time to seek Him, when we take time to say, God, what am I supposed to do in this situation? You can get the counsel from heaven. I'll tell you what I've found most of the time when God speaks to me about our relationship, it's all about stop trying to do this, stop saying that, stop doing that, and just love her. And just love her. Can I tell you, 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 you may have family members right now. You may have Loved ones right now that, that are away from the Lord, that are in all kinds of situations. Can I encourage you to stand on the promise of God's Word? That while you walk with God, He wants your relationships to be whole. He wants them to be rich. He wants them saved. And all we need to do is keep on loving, keep on just imparting into that relationship, but keep on praying, claiming the promises of God. I'm telling you, we've raised five kids. That's scary. In today's world, that's scary. Just think about the finances involved. You need a miracle. You need a miracle. But I'm telling you, to raise five kids in the world today, to raise children in the world today, I'm telling you, yes, we need great wisdom, but we also need grace. And the beautiful promises that God says, yep, your wife, your, your spouse, your significant ones, they are going to be blessed. And your children, they will be like olive shoots. And if you know what the olive represents in Scripture, it's all about the anointing. It's all about the fullness of God's presence. And God is saying in His Scripture that you can have that. That's what God wants to pour out over your life and over your relationships. Joy, prosperity, and fruitful, rich relationships. So can I challenge you this? Let me give you three quick challenges. Number one, shake off. Wrong mindsets. Shake it off. Sometimes we get lulled into just expecting less than God's best. <laughs> maybe online, maybe here in the room this morning, maybe you sort of thought, well, I've, I've seen other Christians and, I, and I've seen what God's done in their life. But maybe you thought, well, that's not for you. Maybe you thought, you know, I've tried God, but nothing has happened. Can I, can I shake off that mindset? 
Shake it off. God loves you. God wants to manifest His love and His presence into your life. Whoever you are, whatever you've done, wherever you've come from, whatever you say you have or haven't believed in the past, God loves you. And He wants to pour out that love and that power into your life. I'm speaking to someone who's sitting on a couch right now. You've disqualified yourself. I'm looking down the lens of the camera right now because I know you're sitting on the couch right now and you've disqualified yourself. You're watching the program. I don't know why you're watching the program, but you're watching the program. And right now, God is convicting you. Right now, God is convincing you. He loves you. And all you need to do is say yes. Say yes to the love of God. Say yes to the grace of God. And I'm telling you, you can have everything I've just been preaching about. But it's not just a message for the unsaved. It's a message for every single believer, every single one of us here. Never accept less than the very best of God. And that may involve healing. That may involve prosperity. That may involve success in your studies or success. Whatever it is, believe for the very best of God and stand firm until you see it. So often we look at the natural around about us and it seems to be the complete opposite of what God has promised. But never let your circumstance dictate your faith. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes above the natural and start to see Jesus (laughs) sitting on the throne of God. Don't leave him in the manger. It's more than the manger. He came. He died. He rose again. And he's sitting in all authority and all power. And he wants to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond for you and for your family. But first, we've got to learn to walk in his ways. Walk in his ways. Can I challenge every believer here? Put godly principles to work in your life. Don't just come to church once. Don't just come to church once every month. Every day, wake up. Every day, say, God, I love you. God, I want to walk in a way that pleases you today. I've found the greatest secret to God's blessing over my life over my marriage, over my family, is when I say yes every day to whatever God is asking me to say. Would you stand to your feet this morning? I want to ask the band to come if you would. And uh, as we close, I want us to sing that song we sang earlier on. I don't know about you, but I just just feel like there's a spirit of praise in the house this morning. before Before we go there though, so we're going to sing that song, praise, you know, that one. It starts, it starts in the darkness and then it builds. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> but before we do that, I wonder this morning. I wonder this morning, this week before Christmas in 2022, I wonder this morning in this room or watching online whether you need to be able to take that first step you know, when it says, blessed are all those who fear the Lord, that's not, a, that's not the fear that we would often understand. It's a reverential respect and awe. It's, it's, a, it's a partnership between love and respect and honour. And it says, when we establish that kind of relationship with God, then the blessing starts to flow. And as I said before, that it simply starts with a, a decision to say yes to the love of God, yes to the love of Jesus. Yes to what Jesus did on the cross. 
as I said, read earlier on, that Jesus came to save us from our sin. And you might say, well, I'm not a murderer. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not a drunkard. I'm not a drug addict. Maybe you are, but many would say, well, I'm not a sinner. Sin is just simply living independently from God. And we're all born with that tendency to, to, to just want to go our way to want to do the things that we think are right. But God says, no, no, you don't understand. You're born with a tendency to go your way, but I need you to come my way. And we can because of what Christ has done. And so when I say, hey, today you can make a decision to say yes to Jesus. It's not about becoming religious. It's not about obeying a whole lot of laws. It's about saying, I know I need a Saviour. I need this Jesus. I need this God. You may believe in God, but do you know Him? Because Jesus said, no man can come to the Father except by me. And that's not exclusive. That's inclusive because we can all make that decision. I want every head bowed, every eye closed across this room. And this is for you at home as well, sitting on that couch or wherever you are. If you've never ever said yes to Jesus, this is your opportunity. While heads are bowed in a moment's time, we're gonna pray a very simple prayer, lead you in a simple prayer, an invitation to say, Jesus, come into my life, please. Come into my life. And if that's you while heads are bowed, I'd love to know that we're praying together this morning and simply ask you to do a very simple thing in a moment's time and that's just slip up your hand. You say, why do I have to slip up my hand? Well, it's so that I know that we can pray together, but it's also, it helps you say, yeah, I'm serious about this. I'm serious about this. So while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If I'm talking to you and you're saying, yep, today's my day, why don't you quickly slip up your hand? If you're watching online, God bless you. God bless you. See your hand. Are there others this morning in the room that would say yes? If you're online, there's something that you can click on the screen saying, I'm making my decision this morning. I'm going to wait a moment too longer. God bless you. That's wonderful in the back row there. Your hand raised nice and high. One last time, if you're here this morning, quickly pop up your hand. Join those saying yes. That's wonderful. You can pop your hand down. That's fantastic. Hey, can we just put our hands together for those saying yes this morning and at home online if you're saying yes this morning? That's awesome. We're going to pray together. And hey, this is your prayer, especially if you raise your hand. This is your prayer. But we're all going to pray it together because we know how important this, this prayer is. So let's pray together. Thank you, God. You love me so much. You sent Jesus die on that cross out of the manger <laughs> to die on that cross. But He rose again so that I can have new life. And today, God, I open up my heart and I invite Jesus Christ to come into my life. I say, yes, Jesus, heal me of my sin. Fill me with Your Holy Spirit that I can live the kind of life God always intended as a child of God in Jesus' Name. And everyone said, Amen. And Amen. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.